0: Hello everyone, welcome to this edition of Gas South District's That's the Ticket, the ultimate podcast exploring all things Gas South District and a source for insights to events on campus and discussions on the wider entertainment and tourism industry. Please welcome the host of our show, Stan Hall, CEO of Gas South District and Explore Gwinnett. Hello everyone and thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of That's the Ticket Podcast. We have a great show today. Today we're going to hear about the Atlanta Vibe, Atlanta's new professional indoor women's volleyball team that now calls Gas South Arena Home. Joining us today is Atlanta Vibe team owner Colleen Craig and someone that we will all get to know very soon, Tori Dilfer-Stringer, who is a member of the team and is the Vibe setter. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for both of you for being with us today. We're, We're excited about this topic for sure. So, uh, Colleen, let's start it out with you a little bit. The, the whole professional volleyball scene seems to have just popped up out of nowhere, right? Uh, tell me a little bit about the transformation of women's volleyball in this country and even around the world, if you don't
1: mind. Absolutely. First of all, thanks for having us. Absolutely. This is great. And, and Gas South District and Gwinnett in general have been so welcoming. So thank you for that and having us here today. Uh, volleyball does seem like it's come out of nowhere in the United States, but actually it hasn't internationally. So volleyball is an international sport, is one of the top five in the world. Kind of if you think about soccer mm-hmm. in the United States or football, uh, internationally. So it's one of the top sports. The FIVB, which is the international governing body, is one of the largest, if the largest in the world with 222 countries that are part of it. So what happens now in the United States is all our girls play and then they have to go overseas. and And now we have an opportunity for them to come here. So when you think about volleyball in the United States, it's actually the largest sport for girls in our country. And it's not soccer and it's not basketball and we think those sports are fantastic so we're super excited about the fi- the opportunity to finally kind of lift that to the next level as
0: are, as are we
2: yeah I've been able to go overseas and play and it's a great experience to play any sport at any professional level but to now have the opportunity to do it at home is huge especially to be a part of an inaugural season of a league and be one of the first players to you know say I'm on board with this I'm going to you know, come back home from being overseas and, you know, make this happen, be a part of making it happen. So having professional volleyball in the United States is – it means a ton to us players, um, and I think it's so clear that there's a huge market for it.
0: Absolutely. So, Colleen, uh, before the Atlanta Vibe made the headlines that we're hearing about now, uh, there had to be a series of events leading up to the actual announcement. Give us a little bit of background about what led up to the fact – before you went public and said, hey, we're coming, professional volleyball is coming, so.
1: Yeah, so there's two individuals, Dave uh, Winnem and Stephen Evans, who are the founders of the league, and they've been following volleyball uh, for about 10 years, as many of us has as it's continued to grow. Actually, several... Um, uh, uh, broadcast companies had come and said, "Hey, there's a lot of opportunity. You, we've we've heard about these world records, right? Mm-hmm. We I don't know if we're going to talk about a little bit about Omaha, right? The largest participation, um, the largest viewership in a uh, sport now is volleyball in Omaha at the end of August. So they had seen those numbers and they announced uh, last November about pro volleyball federation. I heard about that, and I've been in the sports space in Atlanta for about ten years." <laughs> Under Rally Sports Management. So we host a series of events in camps and clinics. So mm-hmm. when I heard about this uh, opportunity, this business model, it made sense to me for my business background. So I did play collegiately, but I've been in the business for roughly 30 years. So it made sense uh, on how we could do this. We're at the right inflection point. It's the right time. And I met them last December. Got to know those guys, it was a no-brainer at that point in time. Because as Tori mentioned, the opportunities here, there's a, is a need for it, not just from the player standpoint, but now from a commercial viability standpoint.
0: Absolutely. So you, you talked about being in the Atlanta space for a long time. What is it about the Atlanta market that seemed like a logical location for women's professional volleyball? Well,
1: what a lot of people also don't realize is that the Southeast is the fourth largest region in the United States for volleyball. We have in in the the SRVA Southern Region is what we participate in. There are over 130 clubs. We're the fourth largest region in the country, so we have a great base of support of players uh, that makes sense. And on top of that, we have the corporate support and folks like Gwinnett and this community that can get behind. We are a sports town, right? Atlanta's a sports town. Absolutely. In part, we'll talk about the logo a little bit later. But when you look at our logo, you know we've incorporated some of those elements of what our classic Atlanta um, components, which we. we We hope.
0: So, and I do want to talk about the name a little bit, but uh, Tori, let me ask you, and uh, Colleen sort of alluded to this in her comments earlier, but talk about the path that took you from being uh, a young girl who was playing volleyball, and here you sit today as a member of a professional volleyball team. Tell us about your path that that you followed to get here.
2: Yeah, definitely. I started playing when I was pretty young, nine years old. Um, I had two aunts that had played collegiately, um, and... I lived in Northern California when I grew up, which it's a huge market there. Mm -hmm. We played beach in the summers, indoor the rest of the year. And so it um, made a lot of sense to just jump into it. And I quickly fell in love with it, played high school, club, and then went to college and played. And to be honest, I didn't really have professional aspirations at the beginning of college. Um, I was really thankful to earn a scholarship and be able to play at a great university, but it was kind of like, oh, well, I think I'll, I'll probably be done after this. I'm going to use my degree in, for something else. And as I w- went throughout my college career, uh, the opportunity just kind of came about and I realized that I wasn't done with the game yet. Uh, I was realizing the opportunities it was giving me mm-hmm. uh, in relationships with people and that it could take me all over the country and the world. And so... I decided that I really did want to pursue it, and um, but I have to be honest, I wasn't super pumped about the idea of going and living in a different country. Yeah. Um, I knew that there's some awesome things about it, but uh, I love my family. I want to be close to them. Uh, I just I, I didn't want to have to make that huge step, but I knew that it was the only way I could continue my career, and so I did it. Uh, and so I went and played in Italy. Um, not not a bad
0: place to be. right? No,
2: it wasn't. And it's Italy is a fantastic (laughs) league. It's largely considered the best, most competitive league in the, in the world. So it was a great opportunity, especially right out of college. Most people aren't getting that opportunity. So I'm really thankful for it. Um, and then I actually got to play in Puerto Rico as well, which Mm -hmm. was also fantastic. So I'm thankful for that. Um, but I, I don't think I'd necessarily be in this position if a United, if a volleyball Professional Volleyball League was not starting here in the United States. I think my career would be cut much shorter if that wasn't a possibility. Well,
0: now that you've seen that international flavor and all that brings, bringing that to this country in a professional league seems like just an easy target, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. <clears throat> I think they the league has cared about um, hearing from us players that have been overseas and been in different leagues. and of course, How yeah. can we be the premier league, not just in North America, but oh, the world eventually?
0: Absolutely. So, Colleen, let's talk about that name, I'm always interested in when new franchises are developed in any sport, how do you finally come up with that name? And I do love the name of the vibe. <laughs> I mean, well, well you know, it, it talks about excitement. It talks about everything. So tell us how that came to be and the significance of the name for this team.
1: Sure. So we, uh, undertook a, uh, uh, input from the community so we sent out surveys and we sent out a whole bunch of um, information saying hey anyone has a name uh, send it our way so we received about a thousand names came back from 17 different states actually and it's surprisingly hard to come up with a name you think "Oh, okay but once you eliminate things that are other teams uh, all the animals, all the Greek gods, right? Like th- Those are kind of the common ones. And you start to think then about what is Atlanta and what is Atlanta specific. That's when we started narrowing it down. Mm-hmm. And we wanted input from a variety um, of diversity because, right, Grunette is very diverse. Atlanta is very diverse. So we had a, a big um, group of individuals. We kind of continued to narrow it down. So that the name Atlanta Vibe actually came from the community, uh, from an individual who now is a season ticket holders uh, for submitting that name. And What it represents to us is really the intersection of Atlanta as a base of the community, but the vibe that everything that Atlanta has. So there are there are different pockets. You turn on the news and you hear, oh, what's the vibe of this restaurant? This is the vibe of this culture. This is the vibe of this music. This is uh, the feelings that they're trying to get. So. What we want to do is encapsulate that. And so what is Atlanta? We have our whole vibe. We are different as a market. We are different as a city. And we wanted to uh, be able to bring that together. So uh, that's how that came about.
0: Well, I feel like I have ownership in the name because I did see some poll or something that was sent out when you yes. guys were still talking. I did vote for the vibe. So I feel like I was part, I'm part of the creation of this name in Absolutely. a very small way. But So, Colleen, you did talk a little bit about the uh, Pro Volleyball Federation uh, tell us a little bit about how many teams are part of it, where are they located, etc.?
1: So there's seven cities, uh, in the inaugural season of which Atlanta is one of them. Um, uh, so we will be playing against the other six in Orlando, uh, in San Diego, in Columbus, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, in Las Vegas, and finally in Omaha, uh, Omaha, uh, I'm going to call that out a little bit because, again, if we rewind to the world record that was set in participation, that is in Omaha. Well, t- well
0: talk about that a little bit because you made mention of it. I don't know if everyone knows. That that number you're say, talking about is an incredible number. Talk about that situation. and.
1: So one of the things I think is interesting about volleyball and what's transpiring now is there's been an intentionality in what they've done in nebraska Mm -hmm. and i give them a ton of credit for what they've gone about so they actually were striving to achieve a attendance record just for volleyball because we've been limited by the size of the arena arenas um, and nca championships typically so they said hey how do we set a record so they rented the football stadium and I think the original goals I've heard was thirty, forty thousand 40,000 people. And what ended up happening, actually, Stan, was they sold out within 48 hours. <laughs> and then they allowed standing room only to set a world. So they actually have the attendance record over football in that arena. It beat the previous record holder, which I believe was a FIFA women's soccer right. event. So, again, I think that speaks to the support and what happens when you have intentionality about giving that a voice and giving them a platform to show what they're all about. So... Omaha is a city which people might be surprised at on first blush, um, and which also leads to the fact that the opening match of the league will be in Omaha. Makes sense with their, with mm-hmm. their attendance in their arena, and it will be the vibe against Omaha in Omaha for opening match. So um, we hope people um, tune into that, to that one.
0: Yeah, that's exciting to be the first game of, the, of, of a whole new uh, sports franchise, sports season organization ever, so congratulations on that. So the Atlanta, Omaha, what's the other cities that are included?
1: So again, it will be it's um, Orlando, uh-huh. Las Vegas, mm-hmm. San Diego, Michigan, Columbus. Grand Rapids and Grand Rapids. Yeah. Okay,
0: that, that's good though. That's a that's a pretty good mix of the country as far as you know going back and forth there. Yes, so. and
1: and for those that are uh, are interested, because folks start about okay, it's a new league, it's up and running. I'm happy to report that we already have three cities signed on for expansion for 2025. Two of those three cities have already been announced, and that is. Uh, Dallas and Kansas Kansas City City that have been announced so far there's a third one that will be forthcoming and there's additional cities um, on tap so we're already in expansion for 2025.
0: Yeah well that's all that's exciting stuff right there Uh, so uh, Colleen the ownership group that you're the you're the owner of the team tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about your management team if you will who all's involved in your in your organization.
1: We're super excited. We've got a fantastic group. So first and foremost, our team president uh, is Teresa Wenzel, who uh, is Georgia Tech, uh, significant background there. She was also the previous president of the the Dream here Mm -hmm. in Atlanta. So having somebody who has Um, experience with the local market someone experience on the pro level is is just phenomenal Uh, we have Cheryl LaFoy who is our SVP of business ops so what we've been trying to do is build a uh, a top team off the court as to support the ladies that are on the court I think you've done that I really do think you've (laughs)
0: done that for sure yes
1: so we continue to build out that team um, on our side and our staff and from an ownership perspective you know we are um Uh, Working And and part of the reason for the way we've approached this is to make sure that we want it done right. As we've said uh, amongst our team, if you want to change the story, you need to change the Mm storytellers. So we want to make sure that we're doing this a little bit differently. We're being creative about our ideas, business relationships, how do we market? We want to hear from the community. We'd love to have sponsors involved. We want to have fans show up. If you have ideas for us, we want to hear them. Um, We think that's um, the way to move forward uh, in today's society.
0: When uh, when I first heard... Heard through our organization that we were in conversations about the venue you know I, I did what probably any CEO of a company I started doing some research on you Uh-oh.
1: and on the team
0: <laughs> and when I tell you I think you hit a home run with your team I'm looking through the bios of all the people that you had listed in your management team I said geez Louise this is a powerful group of women power group of a powerful group of people who she's put together for this so kudos to you that that is an impressive group of
1: Thank you. And we've and, um, I also want to acknowledge we we have some other um, celebrities and outside um, owners as well. So, for example, I'll call out Edwin Moses mm-hmm. for those who don't know Edwin. Uh, gold medalist in the '76 and '84 um, Olympics in the 400 hurdles, considered the goat uh, in that space. So he also um, actually was the original chair of the, the International Sporting um, Laureus Foundation. Mm-hmm. Gave a, a medal to Nelson Mandela. So folks like that who are on board, who are helping us elevate and be a, um, a communication. So he was gra- the reason why he's relevant as well for us. Is he's groundbreaking in his space. You know when he's when he was training. Um, hurdles back in that day he didn't have the equipment he didn't have that he was groundbreaking for what he did and so to be able to bridge that gap for our athletes at this stage different generation for sure but a lot of the same challenges um in breaking through those those boundaries um, that they're going to face so we're we're delighted that he's on board
0: yeah i'm certainly old enough to remember who edwin moses was (laughs) he uh, what what an incredible athlete and again congratulations on having him being a part of your your group here so that's all good stuff So, Tori, I want to ask you, um, you know, once this season gets started, all of the attention turns toward what's going on on the court, right? Mm -hmm. So, tell me how you first learned about the potential of what we're talking about today. And then I want to talk to Colleen about the player selection and how that worked. So, how did you hear about this, maybe something working out for you as far as being a professional volleyball player in this country?
2: Yeah, I first heard about um, Pro Volleyball Federation while I was playing in Italy um, last November. I heard about it just. Couple weeks before the official announcement came out, I had a conversation with the CEO of the Federation, Jen Spiker, mm-hmm. and um, both of us tell the story that we're both emotional on this call because of how much uh, the vision of this this league meant to meant to us. So uh, I was I was all in from that point on. Um, I knew I wanted to be a part of it in whatever capacity, and so I actually began working for the league as a player rep along with three other players. Um, I think I, I believe I started in January. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a blast getting to, um, be a voice. I think the league and especially, specifically our team have done a fantastic job of allowing a player voice, you know, getting input, wanting to hear our perspective, um, and then make decisions with that input involved, obviously. So, um, that's been awesome getting to get other players, um, just like players on the national state, mm-hmm. the international stage. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, excited and involved in this that's been a really big part of it so once teams started getting announced different markets um, we had the opportunity as players if we wanted to have conversations with owners or coaches that were announced um, we were allowed to and so I uh, just basically made a list of all the ones that were exciting to me and the top of that list was um, Atlanta and once I heard about Colleen. I really wanted to get on a call with her. And so we hopped on a call while I was in Puerto Rico, I think. And just, I asked about her vision for the team. Mm -hmm. Um, she told me a ton about her background, which I felt super, um, just lucky to, you know, get to know her as a person, um, what she's done. Um, and my favorite thing, we all, a lot of us players on the team talk about this, that Colleen got us excited about this because not only is is she an awesome businesswoman and somebody that has a great vision for this, franchise, but she gets volleyball and she wants, uh, to make this a balance of business and the sport. And we all are really excited about that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, once the opportunity came about to sign, I had already been in conversations with Colleen and, um, with Todd, our head coach. And yeah, it wasn't, it was kind of a no brainer once, um, I realized what was going on here and that was really a fun experience because then I got to be one of the first people to sign we got to be a part of building the rest of the roster, which is really fun because you'll learn the volleyball community is big. We've talked about it being the Mm -hmm. biggest um, youth sport and girls youth sport in America, but um, it's a small world. We all know each other. We've all played against each other in college. Um, Some of us dating back to either high school or club days. Um, And then some of us have gotten opportunities to play with um, or against each other in professional volleyball or on the national team. And so, getting to build that together was really special, and it's definitely a group that I want to be on the court with. Yeah. It's not just great volleyball players. It's really great people and people that want to play on the court together.
0: Well, by the way, congratulations on being on the best team. The <laughs> yeah. We'll go ahead and make that prediction yep. as we sit here today. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I'm excited.
0: So, Colleen, uh, if you think about uh, player selection uh, of sports, drafts, et cetera, that they, how did this work? And, and she gave us a little bit of an idea of how hers came, but what was the overall process for the – Players who ended up on the respective teams.
1: So, uh, as Tori mentioned, you had the opportunity to submit your names um, to kind of the, the the overall league in general and say, "Hey, I'm interested." And if we and then each of the owners and coaches would get that list and we could reach out to them. At the same time, we had direct communication with some athletes and Todd did a phenomenal job. And our assistant uh, Todd's our head coach, Todd Dagenet and Brian Doyen is our assistant. And they did a fantastic job also of identifying athletes Mm -hmm. and where they were and who fit with the culture. Then speaking with our current the signed athletes we had saying, hey, how does this fit? And then we start had conversations um, with those various athletes to see where see um, where we might become of it. Um, then we began to sign the athletes until uh, we got to where we are uh, today. We do have a draft uh, as well for collegiate that is right. going to be coming up um, in December.
0: And that'll that'll sort of form the pipeline moving forward. So
1: correct. So the athletes will report on January first. Um, of this year uh, officially, and then we will take our roster or narrow our roster down to the final 14 that will make the, um, the, the in season roster, in season team.
0: Is there, obviously, we're excited to see Tory here today, but are there other members of the team you want to talk about a little bit you're excited about that joins your team?
1: Oh gosh, that's putting me on the spot. There's so many <laughs> phenomenal athletes um, that are that we, we really have on the team. I, I don't even know if I can isolate it um, to anyone in particular. We've got some great pins or outside hitters. Um, Leah Edmond, who's the actual, the first one, the very first player that signed with PVF was part of the Atlanta franchise and, and Allie Linehan as well. We've got Morgan Hentz, who is on our national team, who is a libero, um, who's recognized uh, a- across the board. Uh, we've, got, we've got a phenomenal group. So I hate to call anyone particular out because, as Tori mentioned, this is a team sport, and we yeah. all play our roles in it.
0: Absolutely. So, Tori, you'll have to indulge me a little bit. Uh, I understand that you're going to be the setter for the team, right? Yes. <clears throat> so, yeah. so tell all of us, including those listening today, what, what does a setter do uh, relative to what the other uh, team members do?
2: Yeah, it is a very specific position. Um, I'm not one of the taller players jumping out of the building, attacking the ball. I'm the she's 5'11", <laughs> by the way,
0: so she's not short by any stretch, okay? Sometimes I feel like it <laughs> next to some of my teammates, but
2: um, I'm really just in charge of distributing the offense. Um, I... We'll work very closely with our coaches to come up with offensive game plans leading up to matches to have a, a framework around what we want to do offensively, and um, but then once you get in the match, it's very uh, feel based, mm-hmm. flow based. Uh, I know that's very um, arbitrary or just it's it's vague, but uh, yeah, that's kind of what setting is. It's a little bit, it's it's in the moment you have a, a framework for what you might want to do and how you might want to distribute the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, all of a sudden you have a hitter that is just absolutely going off and you're going to, you're going to keep feeding that person. So, so all right,
1: we're in the football South, so <laughs> I'll equate the setter to the quarterback.
0: Well,
2: okay. That's <laughs> yeah. a pretty important role. Okay, yeah. Often we'll be compared to quarterbacks or point guards um, really just kind of you know, running an offense, um, being very communicative, uh, that's that's a big role. You're right in the
0: middle of all of it, is what you're saying, yes. right? Yeah,
2: for the okay. most part. All yeah. right,
0: okay. So, Colleen, uh, how long does the season last? And, and talk a little bit about what's the process of crowning a league cha- champion at the end of this?
1: So, regular season begins. Again, first match is January 24th. Our final match for the Atlanta Vibe is on May 2nd. Uh, then we'll go into post-season. Th- so there'll be a championship um, match that'll go on uh, in mid-May uh, where the top four teams will come out, play a semifinals, and then a finals match in May. Mm-hmm. And the winning team will uh, receive a million-dollar bonus. Wow. Um, so uh, everybody's You're hungry in for, for that. that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 We're all in for that. That's right. Uh,
0: so, uh, you know, you talked, Tori, a little bit about the – Uh, club volleyball. And and I know a little bit about that, but so Colleen, when you think about community engagement, uh, how important is that leading up to the season? And talk about maybe some plans you have for getting involved with the community, maybe through some of these uh, youth volleyball groups that are in the Atlanta area, et cetera.
1: Community engagement is essential. This doesn't work if the community is not involved. And if we are not providing not just volleyball, but this is entertainment as well uh, and an opportunity for, for folks to, to see the platform and to get out there. Um, so we're, we think that is critical. So we have a community engagement team um, yelled by, uh, led by uh, Shelby, mm-hmm. um, and she is out in the community. So we've attended the Boo Festival, yep. and we've been running a series of clinics. So our pro athletes have been out in the community working with various clubs. We have um, created ticketing packages around clubs, activation for those members of the community at our home games. Uh I I would say when you come to a match, it's going to be an experience inside an experience inside of experience. And we have kind of ticket prices for everyone, whether that is family friendly or if it's a standing room only because you want to cheer with a a bunch of your Mm -hmm. friends. Um, So we are going to be out in the community, um, again, also soliciting feedback uh, through December and January and, quite frankly, through the whole uh, spring. Uh, So if anyone also has ideas, want us to show up, shoot us a message. Uh, We're happy to to uh, fit that in.
0: I think that um, you have such a good resource base here for people who's going to be interested in this league. I had the chance to go down to the World Congress Center a couple of years ago for a, I guess that was a club volleyball tournament, and I don't know that I knew what to expect, but before I even got parked, I saw hundreds of volleyball players walking down the streets headed toward the the World Congress Center, so that's got to be such a great base for you to draw from, though, so...
1: Absolutely. So we've got the the players themselves, but it's it's even more than that. So it's the the parents get get to go. A lot of interest actually has been what I'll call girl dads. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of dads out there whose daughters play and they don't necessarily know the game. They're there. They want to be supportive, um, but they maybe not have played. This is the opportunity to come watch, join, Absolutely. learn, participate. Um, so there's a lot There's a lot of engagement that can occur across the board.
0: Yeah, I, I can't wait. So I have to say a little bit about Gas South Arena.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, we are ecstatic that you're gonna be playing your games here. Uh, what led uh, to the decision to come to the Gas South District Arena versus other opportunities I'm sure you had?
1: I mean, Gas South is amazing. This community is amazing. And I think you guys hopefully know that in what you have. The diversity that you have here, the engagement, <clears throat> your chamber has been welcoming. You've been welcoming, uh, in general. So I think it, it was kind of a, a no-brainer when we thought about where do we want to be. And and this is a development, right? So we understand that we ha- this is a two-way street. So we've got to work with you. We want to bring jobs and engagement Absolutely. and um, that resource to Gwinnett and to Gas South uh, as well. So this is this is a both way.
0: Um, So I guess let's talk a little bit of how people do get involved in it, Um, you know, from a sponsorship perspective, or simply people who want to come to the game and get a ticket. Tell us how all that works.
1: Yeah, so we... uh, they. Easiest way is to go to our website, Mm -hmm. AtlantaVibe.com. We have a sponsorship group uh, led by Brad Olecki. Uh, So you can reach out to Brad or anyone on our team, quite frankly. We also have ticketing. Uh, So our season tickets are in sales. We're releasing some fan experiences and some flex packages for our home games as well, uh, led by a fellow by the name of Jonathan. So you can find information there, or you can just email us and reach out at any point in time.
0: Absolutely. So, Tori, I'll tell you. I want you to pay attention, Okay. On that first game, when you hear this very shrill voice coming from the stands, that's going to be me yelling, go vibe, okay? (laughs) Okay, I look
2: forward to it.
0: All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to have you here. I know the Atlanta area is excited to have you here, and I can't wait for the first game. So thank you for sharing your information with us today.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you.
0: All right, guys, be sure to check out gassouthdistrict.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and TikTok. You can find all episodes of Gas South District, That's the Ticket, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll return soon for another episode of That's the Ticket. See you soon. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. For show notes and further information about Gas South District and upcoming events, please visit our website at gassouthdistrict.com. That's the ticket.